I stopped doing I, I play Madden 20 occasionally and I'll play the franchise mode and I try to pick mm-hmm. a, a team that's not the Panthers mm-hmm. um, to play. I so this go around I'm using the Browns. <laughs> nice. The Browns and, are very fun to play with. And even though Baker throws like four picks a game, it's totally not. You me. just need to learn to play with him. Baker. Uh, Odell has like 2000 yards receiving <laughs> and it's like game. Yeah. The six. offense is very fun to play with. And Miles Garrett is very, very overpowered. I abuse my tight ends. Like I use tight ends a lot when I play Madden and David Njoku is phenomenal <laughs> when I just throw, just chucking it downfield. But anyway, that's all I had. Oh, are we recording? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did not realize. Um, so when I said in the Discord that I wanted to be on the Naked Tribe in Season 30 of Survivor, I did not realize that literally every tribe has people just in the buff, just walking around. I do not want to be on any tribe in Survivor Worlds Apart. <laughs> it is... So we're only two episodes in, and let me tell you, I don't think I like anybody on this season. <laughs> yeah, it that season is something. That season is basically if an org was Survivor on TV. Is that what it's like? Not as bad, but basically, yes. I've been trying to think of a way to have, like some sort of like friend group org i'm not sure how that would work what elaborate like get us and some friends and like do a do big brother do survivor do one of those i mean i could do that i figured you'd be the one to run it i was gonna say if i'm not running it then i'm either the first one out or i'm winning and there's no in between (laughs) because i either get meta targeted or i kick the shit out of y'all i figured you would run it yeah i could host that i think it would be fun i want to test my skills but i don't want to do it with strangers i was gonna say do it with strangers no i think i can beat (laughs) y'all but you don't think you could be strangers no i mean of course i'm taking you two to the end Which two? <laughs> well, if Aaron's running it, then there's only oh. two more left. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. I well, I guess that if we have a three-person tribal, I don't like three-person tribals. You don't? Only reason because, I mean, I haven't yet to see one where like the third. There's a always a clear like this person is third, and they get no vote. So it's almost like it becomes a point where they're actually taking a vote away from somebody else. Season 15 was actually a big surprise to me. Yeah. I had a three because like that was one where I thought that I 100% that or who I thought was the person that was kind of strung along that was going to be the person that didn't get any votes was the person that gave the one who re- who won a run for his money. Oh, you're <laughs> talking about three person final tribals. Or, yes. Or, yeah. So it's it just depends on if you would rather the climax be at the final tribal or at the final immunity challenge, because in a two person final tribal, most of the time, you know, who's going to win before you go to final tribal. Whereas in a three person final tribal, it usually means that there is one person who has no chance, but then there are two people who both have a solid chance at winning. 
So it depends on where you want the climax to be. Straight up, I thought that Courtney in season 15 was going to be the one that was kind of like dragged along and that Amanda and Todd were going to go head to head. Did not happen. And I learned a valuable lesson that Amanda does not know how to pitch her game to a jury at all (laughs) in any of her seasons. And and she openly admits to that. (laughs) She's so bad at all Oh, God. To so, be fair, um, though, the second time she played, she had like two weeks between. So, like, she basically played like another person who has made it to the end twice and lost twice. She basically played two consecutive seasons of Survivor without any break. And so, by the end of the second go round, she was pretty exhausted. Yeah, but I think the I think the first one's a little bit more inexcusable because she had so many chances to make the power move and just didn't. <laughs> I agree, but I also think that the winner of that season had the greatest final tribal performance of all time. Oh yeah, they killed it. Oh, it was like it was so funny because you could literally see people flip votes like real time. They mm-hmm. were like, "Oh, nice!" <laughs> like it was so funny to watch. Survivor's fun, yo. It's fun to watch. Some seasons better than others, but uh, it's it's a fun time. So I'm looking at the ACC standings. And because of differing games played, we're looking at being the sixth seed in the tournament right now. Because we have one more win than Louisville. But Clemson has beat us head to head, and they're also nine and five. And Louisville has had two less games played, and they have a higher win percentage, which is still a decent seating. Was yeah. that a day one buy? Day one buy, we played the winner of the eleven fourteen game, which right now I think would be Pitt and Miami. I'd take that. I would take that too. Yeah, I don't think I want to play Miami again because I think that their scrappiness is done. I think they've scrapped themselves out. Um but Chris I, Likes is also out for the season now. Yeah. That sucks. What was his issue? What was his injury? His lower body, I believe. Mm. Bothered him like all season. Can I can I ask a, a, a candid question? Is Jim Laranega like 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 i know he's not likable has he always been this unlikable though what are you referring to in specific well i think just the way that the like a couple like a week or two back how the whole covid situation played out and like not wanting to reschedule a game um i think the way that played out and the way he handled it i just was like you're 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 acting like kind of a of a dick but i i I get that, but I also understand like flying up to North Carolina and then when you get there, you're like, well, now that we're here, we don't feel comfortable playing this game. We aren't going to fly up here again. Like, I get that. I, I mean, I get it, but at the same time, like you're skimping out on an ACC game when you have the time to have that ACC game. It just, I don't know. It threw, It just rubbed me the wrong way. But I feel like not enough attention was paid to it because then immediately uh, Jim Beheim 
takes the throne for unlikable coach in the AC, unlikable old coach in the ACC with his whole Jalen Johnson <laughs> thing, right? You know, Colby's shaking his head like, God dang it, like this guy, <laughs> which is so stupid. It was so stupid. I don't like Bayheim. He he gets on my nerves so much. Ever all- since the Greensboro thing, Every- he's gotten on my nerves. Ever since the Greensboro thing, I said this all started with Greensboro. <laughs> Only they told him it was going to be a Greensboro bubble. I won't be surprised. They're like, yeah, we aren't going to the tournament. It's over. <laughs> but are y'all? How do y'all feel about Duke now? I mean, they're getting better, but I mean, they lost last night to Louisville. It depends which throttled. Carolina team shows up. Yeah. Is the Marquette game going to show up or is the Louisville or even the Florida State game going to show up? At least second half Florida State. I was going to say, I feel like it's like a minute by minute assessment of which Carolina team we're seeing each day. <laughs> I don't know, because on the one hand, Matthew Hurt has played amazing. He scored like 37 last night in the loss, which is still crazy. Um, on the other side, I think we have the front court size and depth to actually bother him as made obvious by the first game that we played against Duke, um, where I think he, he didn't, he was pretty much a non-factor the whole game. Um, like you said, it just depends. Their guards have improved, um, and that's going to change some things, but I would be lying if I didn't say I still felt good about our chances but it's hard to feel really confident after the Marquette game and the first half of the FSU game, like the FSU game, which I'm sure we're going to get to later. Like that was just a a weird microcosm of how this team operates where like you look like a D2 team to start and then you turn around and look like North Carolina again. And I just don't know what to expect. Because I'm not used, I don't think any, even Roy probably is not used to this level of volatility with how his team performs at any given time. We're used to bad losses. Like we're used to a team not playing to up to its standard, but there's always certain consistencies. Um, we still win games. Yeah, there's this team just has no consistency. Like if it was not for Walker Kessler, like we probably would have gotten, you know, schmacked last night. So he just, I mean, he just arrived. And if he can play to that level consistently with his minutes, I mean, there's no reason to think that we're in a better place now. But, I mean, the guard – I mean, Caleb Love didn't play particularly well. R.J. Davis hit a couple shots but didn't, like, wow anybody. Um, I just – I feel like it comes down to the guard play, and that scares me <laughs> a lot. <laughs> so I have a confession to make. I did not watch the majority of the game because the portion of the game that I did watch – we were playing very poorly. So then I turned it off and then we started doing well. So I did not turn it back on for obvious reasons. Um, but from the highlights that I watched, it seems like a good portion of the points that Walker Kessler scored were easy inside buckets, which were a result both of a good move by him, but also of good distribution by the guards. So while they weren't hitting shots, it did seem at least from those selected highlights like they were distributing well, which I think is equally as important. And Leaky, like Leaky gets a lot of crap, rightfully so, because, you know, I get frustrated with Leaky. Everybody gets frustrated with Leaky Black because you can see it, you can see the potential and you can see the versatility, but he just can't find it all the time. 
<laughs> like, um, which is frustrating. But when he's on, I mean, he's that Theo Pinson guy where maybe you're not expecting him to score 20 or 15, but he's going to get you, you know, five assists, six assists and eight rebounds and hit his free throws, you know, like just that presence that can handle another presence that can handle the ball and distribute which is needed because sometimes RJ and Caleb have some of the worst turnovers I've ever seen in my life. Like, you know, Caleb losing the dribble with no contact to to, to give it up in the crunch in crunch time. Luckily he saved his butt because he had a nice chase down block, but that turnover was atrocious. Or like, like the not realizing he was about to be over half court and like stepping, catching yeah. the ball and then oh. jumping behind Lauren Brownlow made a good point like games ago that every game we find a new way to turn the ball over. I mean, going back to the tale of two teams, I mean, you have like the Louisville game where it was sub 50%. It was like seven of 18, I think, from the free throw line. I think they did a little better against Marquette, but still kind of on the low end. And then versus Florida State, we go 27 of 30, 14 of 14 in the second half from the free throw line. And it makes us – and Roy cited again. He had the team shoot 300 free throws again individually in uh, practice. There were only two players shot below 80-something percent. It was nice to hear fans in the Dean Dome again. Walker Kessler chants yeah. <laughs> during the second half. And he deserved it. 20 points, eight rebounds. It was, I, I think it was – it's definitely his career high in points and such. I think also career high – in minutes, I think a lot of that went to just Armando being in foul trouble and they had to be kind of a next man up. But what did he step up? And it's been the last four or five games, he was basically getting a new PR minutes and points every single game. So it's great to see him finally developing. Which means by the Duke game, he's going to put up 40. <laughs> yep, if it stays linear. But I was talking to my dad about this earlier. I feel like once his three-pointer comes on, like once that gets consistent, like I think we saw from him in high school, he's going to be a monster. That's when the draft buzz starts happening. We're like, dang it. (laughs) Probably. But, hey, I think he's coming back next year, so I'll be uh, stingy with him for now. I think there was – was the athletic put out of like a top 100 and also like 18 people to look out for only Dayron made that list. So I think that probably means Caleb Love is coming back next year too. And I'm more than happy to have him back too. I, I kind of definitely see a Trey Jones kind of situation with him coming back the second year and raising his stock. And you can, it's crazy. Cause like you can see the potential in Walker like there are things that I see him do. I'm like, yeah, that translates to the NBA. You know, like if you and like he hit a jump that layup shot. he had. Basically, yeah, he that he he's a seven one and he's taking guys off the dribble. There's not many people that he, there's a very few amount of people that are gonna have, able to contest you if you have a jumper. And he he looks he, like he has it there. Like he has the potential to to develop a really nice jumper. And if he does that, like book it he's he's gonna get draft buzz because you're telling me there's a, a guy that's seven one has already pretty solid footwork like i don't know like he's like taking guys he in the made paint. one move on the right block in the second half um that led into a dunk where i was yeah. like oh what? my goodness what the spin move and yeah. spin oh, yeah. right into it yeah <laughs> 
it's just like he, you you can see it there you can see the vision <laughs> it's happening yeah the one time i saw him struggle that game was on defense against copravitsa who's another seven footer and if that's the only person who's giving you problems i'll take that all day long and when um he gets in the weight room this summer and puts a little bit more on his like he's seven feet tall, but he also still kind of looks like a child. I feel like once he starts to like grow into his body a little bit more, it it might be a wrap. His mean mug's funny. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's in pain. Yeah, he, it was like, like he had <laughs> like his stomach's bothering or something. I have a tummy ache. He's funny too. I don't know if y'all heard his um the his press conference post game. Uh, but he had some jokes. He also said he didn't realize that this was win number 900 for Roy until halftime. Good. But in Roy's press conference, he mentioned, I think the biggest, or the biggest thing that he likes about him is that he, he but it's going to be a negative that he, like he's too hard on himself. And I can remember stuff that went wrong five, six plays down the road when he wants to just be a next play kind of person. But he's like that, at least it tells me he cares and give me someone who cares more than someone with the most talent in the world any day because it means they're able to be de- developed. For sure. So moving on from Florida State, we have two games this week. First, we have Syracuse at Syracuse, 7 o'clock tonight. How are we feeling about seeing the zone again? Well, we all know it's for cowards, and especially now that we have – what might be some zone killers in our front court. Uh, I think we should be fine. Yeah. I feel like every time I see Syracuse, I think it's a dub, um, which might be a little bit disrespectful on my part, but every time I see that zone, I'm like, we should be able to pick that apart because Carolina's zone offense is that good. And it doesn't seem to matter who we have on the team. It just seems to work every time. We sh- I feel good, again, knocking on wood. I feel good about being able to handle business, but it's a road game. We know this team is a little volatile on the road, so who knows what team we're about to see. But if we beat Syracuse, I feel great about our tournament chances. That's another quad one win. I'm feeling good if we beat Syracuse. Based on what I'm seeing today, we're already in the tournament, like – Almost definitely at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You don't There's, sound convinced. No, I, I, if the season ended today, I, I think we're, I'm pretty positive we're in. And also not to sound like snooty, but if it's going to be us, North Carolina, seven national championships with a pretty large fan base or, some school, some other like not as notable power five school, they're they're gonna put us in. Yeah, probably. Same and I same with Duke. I, I think that they do the same thing if it was Duke versus pretty much any other team in the country, they put Duke in. But Duke has to be out at this point, or at least close to be like they're on the way out at this point. If they beat us, if they beat us in Georgia Tech. I think you can make an excuse for them to maybe get in, but I just don't know how you look past <laughs> literally everything else. 
they would need to beat Georgia Tech, beat us, and win a couple games in the tournament. But I don't think it's impossible for them to get in. Yeah, definitely not impossible. The, 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 the deck is definitely stacked against them, though. And nothing would make me happier than us making the tournament and them not making the tournament. Especially after last year, where we technically did not miss the tournament because it never happened. Yep, we didn't miss it. <laughs> they didn't ask the field if I don't... If- I don't nope. think so. So we never did. It. You'll never know. Never know. <laughs> Maybe we made it. Stranger things have happened. So I'm keeping my eye on that. And then I guess we can talk about the Duke game, seeing them again. I am a little bit more nervous this time than I was last time. It's kind of ironic since they did lose Jalen Johnson. But they have, I think they've gotten better, believe it or not. I know, which for me, I feel like if you have Jalen Johnson and you're not so good and then you lose Jalen Johnson and all of a sudden you're beating Virginia. If, if that's indicative of something. That's, or I mean, it's indicative of something, but also for me, one of the things it's indicative of is coaching. I feel like if you have Jalen Johnson, you should be able to make something work. You find a way to make that work. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Duke has the talent. And you would think that having a good player on your team also makes your team better. <laughs> so, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I'm also not a D1 coach. Right. <laughs> but um, Mark Williams looks like he's playing a lot better than he has at the start of the season. He looks like he's finally getting his legs under him. Um, so that might be a bit of a challenge for our bigs, but our bigs have more experience. And in this game, I will take experience yeah. every time. Also, it's good that it's in the dome. We will have fans, too. What little we have. Which I do think made the difference with Florida State. I, At least having some sense of normalcy because they were loud because it was students. It's 75% students. I I feel like some of those moments in the first half where it could have gotten it got slightly out of hand, but it could have gotten really out of hand. And hearing the the Dean Dumb crowd do that um they they do something cheering. Uh, after yeah. <laughs> after like anything good happens, I think that might have pushed pushed us forward. When I think maybe if no one would have been there, it might have gotten even more out of hand. I missed to do something cheering. It was it's some of my favorite. I heard the bounce clap. I'm pr- I was proud. Loud too. By the way, when I talked to my friend the other day, I I broke down everything. I gave all proper credit and. Uh, mentioned all of the things that we, as a class, helped popularize. It was nice. It was good. I didn't implicate anybody. (laughs) Bad things. Oh, man. I'm ready to get back. I'm ready to get back into some stadiums, into some arenas. I'm considering going to the spring game for football. I might go just to feel something. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else college basketball-wise? 
Baylor lost to Kansas. Kansas back. Kansas <laughs> back. Is there any way for them to win the Big 12 regular season, or is that over? <laughs> I think that's over. I still think it's Baylor, but. There's always a shot with Kansas. <laughs> we might have missed it last week, but uh, Ohio State's game last week against Michigan. Ohio oh, State pulled so out good. the victory. Hunter Dickinson good. is good, really good. But then they proceeded to lose against Michigan State like four days later. Yep. So still, there's not a clear favor because again, you get those teams like that. But we all know the blue blood kicks in playoff when it comes tournament time. And if you don't have it. That's why I never trust the teams like your Baylor's and your Texas Techs that are really good, but then they get that they finally get in the tournament and then they just happen to have their off game <laughs> early on in the tournament. Sure, Texas Tech did make the national championship, but you get what I mean. Is it a hot take for me to kind of want Gonzaga to win one? I was I about have... to ask how y'all felt about Gonzaga this year because I kind of want them to just, I want them yeah, to. Okay. Have... I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad either, you know? I don't particularly care for him. Now, with Villanova, I was like, mm, <laughs> you know, when they won the, the next one. But, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Gonzaga win win one. I think Mark Few has is a good coach, and I know that you can make the case that playing on the West Coast Conference is not the same as playing in the ACC or the SEC or the Big Ten or the Big 12. Like, or but, the Pac-12. The, the conference of champions how could i forget um but you know there is something to be said about being consistently excellent when others you know you could very much fall into obscurity playing in the west coast conference and if you are consistently good in your conference there's something to be said about that um so i think he i think he could get one i think he, he need. i think he should get one no mark few has locked down the west like west of the rockies if you're the best player if you're one of like the three or four best players west of the rockies then you are going to gonzaga and he's built a monster out there that just hasn't been able to put it together for six games in a row but had five not six (laughs) they've had five but not six and i i don't in a year where everything seems so inconsistent they have been pretty much the only team up to this point that has kind of just gone into every game, handled business and went home. So I don't think it's that far fetched to say they might win. This might be their year. Be interesting to see what draw they get for the tournament. I think that will be a huge, well, I mean, that's always a huge determining factor. That's a really stupid (laughs) take to have, but you know, if they, if they do end up being the number one overall seed, you know, get to play all those games. Well, what's what's the the policy? Like, are they having the tournament in one place this year? Like, yeah, it's all on in Indy. That's I'm what pretty I thought. sure. Yeah, yeah. Lucas Oil, I think, is the main thing, but they're using several other stadiums. So I guess I guess you can't Arenas. really reward. you don't really get a reward for higher seeds then. I guess, <laughs> like, you know, because isn't it just be isn't it like the whole the whole the whole thing with getting a, a higher seed is that you get to play closer to home. Um, but I mean, I guess you don't really get that anymore. I it know just that means how quickly you catch a decent team. The NCAA turn or like the NCAA put out sort of a some guidelines for what would happen if 
a team couldn't make the turn. Like they didn't get to go to the tournament. From what I understand is if a team either didn't want to go or couldn't go to a tournament, then they would grab the team from the next highest team from their conference that didn't make the tournament. So let's say like, I think this is how it will work. If Virginia tech, for whatever reason, they have like an explosion of COVID cases on their team and they couldn't do the tournament and Duke was the next highest ACC team that didn't make the tournament, then they would go in Virginia tech's place that would be the amount of chaos that would ensue after that would be hilarious. Like imagine if you will, Florida state or Virginia can't make the tournament. They're like a two or a three seed and they can't go. Who's the next team up Duke getting a two or three seed in the NCAA tournament. People would be so mad. Well, well, imagine if, like, I'm thinking about, like, a lower seed. Like, imagine being a lower, like, being a higher seed, like a one or two seed. And then, like, there's a lower seed that has to drop out, and they get, like, and Duke, like, replaces the lower seed. And they say, here you go. Here's your reward for your first round. It's Duke. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, here's your reward for getting a number one or two seed. Duke. <laughs> It's almost worth it for the for the Twitter meltdown. Almost. I mean, it's gonna it's gotta happen, right? It's gonna happen. You're telling me there's not there's gonna be 60, 68 teams, and you're telling me there's not gonna be any that have any COVID related issues. Yeah, but I have a feeling it's gonna be like a like a low major or mid major, which. I, I feel like the story of that team like coming in and maybe like grabbing an upset, I feel like that might be that might be fun. An alternate Cinderella story. <laughs> I have no clue what I'm doing with my bracket this year. I, like I feel like I've watched a lot of college basketball and I've learned nothing. <laughs> yeah, if there's going to be some volatility in the brackets, this is the year. If it's not already just crazy every single year. Or they won't. There won't be, and it will just be chalked the whole way down. <laughs> I don't see that. Like I said, I, 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 I don't know what it is. Like I said, I see Baylor. I can easily see them getting upset as, as early as the round of thirty-two, just by catching a, a really good team at the eight or the nine seed. It's these big, these Big Ten teams that I just I don't know what to do with. What am I supposed to do with um, Iowa? I don't really believe in them that much. Or Illinois, who I think when they, when Illinois is playing their best, I think they might they could beat anybody, including Gonzaga. But I also think when they're playing their worst, they could get upset by like Central. <laughs> like they are so good, but when it's bad, it looks really bad. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't think there's any team that in particular I trust other than probably Gonzaga. And that's, that's probably also a hot take, but I think Gonzaga will make the final four. I trust them just because they've been there recently. 
Yeah. They have been there recently, but is there anyone from that team still on Gonzaga? Like, no, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think that being there recently doesn't... I don't think being there recently means that much if it's not like a consistent culture thing and you don't have any carryover from that team that was there recently. Yeah, but... I feel like Mark Few is a coach that might be able to like recreate whatever got them to the national championship in 2017. That's fair. Anyway, I'm ready for all day basketball. Oh my God. It's going to be like Christmas, man. <laughs> oh, I it's going to be great. We haven't had anything like that since the NBA playoffs, which were so good. So good last year. I wish they did it every year. I know they can, but I wish they could. Do we have anything to talk about in the NBA this week? Just the Lakers not looking so hot that I saw. Um, obviously, AD is out, but I'm not that worried about it. But uh, there is something to be said about, you know, losing your top two of your top three scorers. Not much you can do there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I do think it's really funny that the Jazz are the best team in the NBA and nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> the Cavs are on a three-game win streak. And it's funny because, like, I like Donovan Mitchell, but I don't like Rudy Gobert. Because <laughs> like, he be touching stuff. I was going to say, I don't like Rudy Gobert because of last year. I don't have any beef with him outside of that, but I hate him because of that. That's the way that you, you just... <laughs> Just touching stuff for no it is like it's a joke, just touching. Touching. I don't know how um Donovan Mitchell can just like brush that off. Yeah, I don't know either. What is All-Star Weekend even gonna look like this year? I don't remember the last time that I cared about All-Star Weekend, to be completely honest. I did they have said something about putting Kind of some of the challenges during halftime, like the three-pointer, the dunk contest, at least at halftime. I don't know if the skills challenge would also come in. I care about All-Star Weekend for the for the skills day, for the dunk contest day. Even though I feel like last year was it last year where they had like the um, the Elam ending for the um, All-Star game. Where it was going to end on like the, it ends on a buzzer beater because you have to like hit the target score. That was last year, right? I yeah. think it was. And yes. Kyle Lowry took tried to take a freaking charge in an All Star game at the end. Mm-hmm. That just kind of shows you how much they they cared about it, though. You know, like they were playing, like they were actually playing. It was really fun. They aren't going to do that this year, or uh, they aren't going to play like that this year. I don't think. No. I don't think they particularly want to be there. What I do think is interesting is um, as far as like kind of moving away from the all-star game, the kind of like some of the teams that have like surged the past couple of weeks, like the wizards have looked a lot better. The Zards. The Zards. Um, the Mavericks, you know, have looked a lot better. Luca's really coming on. I watched that game where he, when he beat the Celtics, I went nuts. I was like, oh, let my him get to God. a spot. Best day to watch the Mavericks game. <laughs> like, um, you know, not that we didn't give up a 12 point lead four minutes before, but it's, it's okay. You know, details. Yeah. It's for the ratings. 
Um, but no, I mean, NBA, just glad to have it. I know the, what was it? The, the Raptors had like their whole coaching staff out for a quarantine. And everyone was like, Kyle Lowry, Coach Lowry. <laughs> I know they couldn't play yesterday because they didn't have enough players. Yeah. And Hornets still in the playoffs right now. And looking good. I mean, they're on a road trip right now. LaMelo Ball. He's a good one. I like watching him. <laughs> he makes me tune into the Hornets. I know. He he makes me watch the Hornets, which is more I than most people can say. Something has to be said for that. <laughs>